Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. If you have been trying to declutter your house, and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like the task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list. And I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it. Or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know. Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. (laughs) Okay. All right, everybody. So welcome to today's podcast episode with Deanna Mason with Refreshed Moms. You probably know her because I've mentioned her inside of the group before, but I'm super excited about this episode because she specializes in burnout for moms. And we are going to talk about all of the things about burnout with moms today and how how to identify it, how to recover from it. And then Deanna has this amazing, I say it's an idea, but it's this new um, container that she's creating for moms to help you with this. I'm super excited about it. So we will talk about that as well at the end. So thank you so much for being here, Deanna. Thanks for having me, Krista. I love this space and I love this group and I love the women in it. So I'm happy to be here. Yes. Okay. So my first question for you is 
just straight up, like, what is burnout? What does it look like? And how do moms know if that's what they're experiencing? (laughs) So there are symptoms of burnout that could be symptoms of other things, first of all. Okay. So as I share um, symptoms, I don't want you to think that there are not other conditions that can cause these things because they can, but these are real life um, things that are tied with feeling, feeling burnt out. And most of us can identify very quickly with the feeling of exhaustion, right? Just feeling like we don't have anything else in the tank, feeling like we have um, given all the mental and physical and emotional energy that we can give to a thing. Um, and we just try to keep going, right? So we can all identify with that. But I do want to give some actual signs that are tied to when a human being is burned out, all right? So exhaustion and fatigue, we've already talked about that. Feelings of ineffectiveness, like you may not even connect that with being burned out, okay? Feeling like your efforts are not making a difference, your efforts don't matter, right? So no matter what I do, no matter how I try, these things are not getting better. We're not moving forward. We're not solving a problem. So having consistent feelings around feeling ineffective is um, a condition of burnout, burnt out, burnt, burning out. (laughs) Then um, This is something that I experienced was weakened immune system. There was a period of time where I was sick all the time. I caught colds very quickly and I was living a very, very jam-packed life. This was even before children you know, just working, you know, around the clock and not giving myself time to um, refresh, to um, refill myself physically, mentally, spiritually. So I was taking time off from work. Like every month I was sick and I needed a few days to, it it was like, you could just count on it. I was going to catch something. So having a weakened immune system and um, an increase in occurrences of illness, loss of enjoyment or loss of joy around a particular thing. um, This is something I can, um, I've had, I've experienced this as well. Like you're showing up for work or you're showing up for a certain responsibility and the joy that you once felt around it, you're not feeling it anymore. And many times it's, it's, it's not that you need to quit doing that thing. It's that you just need a break. <laughs> you just need a vacation. And you may just be two days of rest away from finding your joy again around something. But when you're continuously showing up for something and you're not feeling enjoyment, um, at least the enjoyment that you used to feel, like if you used to feel joy and you no longer feel joy about that thing, that is a sign that you might be burned out. Um, and I'm just going to name a couple others as more um, excessive workload or over-functioning, which I'm hoping we can talk about a little bit more as far as being a mom and uh, being over, uh, over-functioner as a mom within the home. And let's see, let's, out of all this list, I'm trying to think of one, irritability. I think we can get in touch with irritability, <laughs> irritability. Mm-hmm. snapping at things that are, that are small, things that don't normally set you off or setting you off. Um, your children's smacking of food all of a sudden sounds like it's horrible and they've always done it. They've never not eaten food that way. Right. But you, you are ex- extremely sensitive around things that are causing you to be irritable. Mm-hmm. That's a sign that you are probably living in the burnout 
zone. So there are some, those are some things. Yeah. Okay, good. So my question, and I think you're going to answer it with this over-functioning thing was like, mm-hmm. what actually causes burnout, um, especially for moms and what is over-functioning? Cause I have a feeling that over-functioning is probably a huge piece of that answer. So what exactly is that? And Okay. So I'm going to connect that then to the cause of burnout. I, I believe that we burn out when we are over-functioning as a human. It doesn't have to be just as a mom and we're not making room for the rest that we need. That's just really that you're on the path of burnout. If you're not interchanging, interchanging rest and work that has to be happening in order for you to be uh, in order for you to work well, there has to be interchange in a rhythm of resting and work. They go hand in hand. So over-functioning, I define over-functioning, this is just a very simple Deanna Mason definition, is if when you're doing more than what is required of you to do, and you're living a life doing more than what is actually required of you, you know, we end up over-functioning many times because we are not delegating things that shouldn't be on our plate when we're not automating things that ought to be more systematic. You know, we're doing, you know, an example of this would be grocery shopping. Okay. It used to take me three hours um, a week to shop for groceries because I would go to two different stores that weren't next to each other. So three hours at least to get all the groceries. Um, There's easier ways of getting groceries. (laughs) Now, if that's something I happen to enjoy, if that was something that was life-giving, if that was something I had the margin to do, then there's no problem. But I didn't have the margin to do it. I needed those three hours. I needed to take grocery shopping from three hours to one, which meant I had to either tap into some type of automation or some type of delegation in order to not have that three-hour responsibility, right? So over-functioning is just realizing I'm doing more than was actually needed and required. And then, you know, deciding on how to back out of that overfunctioning is where we make room for rest. Yeah. So you guys are hearing it from Deanna in a new way, but what she's saying is exactly what I tell you all the time. When like you're at home and you're like running and running and running and doing all this stuff and having never ending laundry and never ending messes and never ending dishes. And I ask you to stop for a second set up some imaginary cameras in your house, look at everything that you're doing in a day and ask yourself, is this really what I need to be doing with my life? Do I really need to be doing three loads of laundry every day for three people or, you know, however many people are in your house, but asking yourself like, do I actually need to be managing this stuff or no, right? And then eliminating it because I talk about decluttering or like Deanna talks about delegating it. Mm -hmm. And we can... I won't go off on the rabbit hole that we could go down of like how society has made it so that we don't have support systems like we used to. And we do our, you know, like our natural state of being now is to really kind of have to over-function in some weird way. Mm-hmm. Society makes us think we have to do It's that. a very American thing. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a very Western culture thing to live a life in a constant state of over-function. That is what is expected in many roles, mm-hmm. paid and unpaid. You're expected to do more than what they're paying you to do. You're expecting to do more than what has been asked. That is a that is a default setting for America, which is very, very unhealthy on so many levels. So we carry that into our personal lives as well. We carry that into our parenting. We carry that into um, our responsibilities at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I 100% yeah. co-sign to that. Yes, 
let's stop doing that. Let's like make it not normal. Yeah. <laughs> functioning all of the time. Um, I love that. I love that message so much. That's a huge part of why I tell you guys declutter. Stop <laughs> making yourself miserable. Okay. So now that we kind of know like what exactly burnout is and, and to find it and all of that, but what, how did you realize that you were experiencing burnout? Mm. How did you recover from it? <laughs> how did I, ex- how did I know? Well, I, I'm going to try to nutshell my burnout story because uh, I rather, I would rather focus on the recovery part of it, but I used to run a nonprofit organization and we we were called Examples Family Resources, and we did a lot of work with moms and teen girls. And out of the um, one of the results of that work, or one of the byproducts of that work, we started to publish a teen girl magazine. It was called True T R U, um, Talented, Remarkable, Unique, and it was a print magazine that eventually got picked up by two of the major distributors in America, magazine distributors, and we ended up on the shelf of. Anywhere that was selling Teen Vogue, you know, we were next to them on the show. And so the machine to keep that moving was absolutely um, huge. And my little small nonprofit organization, we were making enough money and revenue to pay for the publication staff that was necessary to keep a magazine being pushed out by monthly. But the other parts of the organization that were there before the magazine, which included events and workshops and conferences and, you know, just all the other parts that we did to serve families and to serve those that were working with youth, they were still happening. And so because we no longer had the excess revenue to pay for other staffing, I ended up having to take on all those roles. And as well as be the editor-in-chief of the magazine, I was very um, a part of the, the publication side of things. And so on top of that, my light just went out. It has been doing that for me. It has been doing that. I hope it's not too dark. Okay. I hope it's okay. But um, this is motherhood simplified. Remember <laughs> the bars. Yeah. I, it, this is the second time it's done that on me. I don't know why it keeps going out. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was also homeschooling my oldest who was at that time, it was in first and second grade when I was um, publishing that magazine and I was homeschooling him. And I had a, I had a daughter who was not of school age, but she was there. Okay. So I'm working 40 plus hours a week to make this happen. And I'm also homeschooling. And after doing this for about three years, I found myself in a state of burnout. Um, How did burnout look for me? Well, it's definitely the exhaustion, the fatigue, but some of the um, red flags for me when I know that I have pushed myself way past um, my limit, when I'm in the state of over-functioning, I become extremely, extremely absent-minded and forgetful. That is one of my symptoms. Um, How does that manifest itself? Um, I'm locking myself out of the house. I'm locking myself out of my car. I am literally losing conversations that I've had with my husband, conversations that I thought I was absolutely present for. And when he asked me about something that we talked about, I can't even recall the conversation. These are the types of things that were happening for me that were letting me know back then I didn't know, but it let me know I was doing way too much and I'm not functioning well. Okay. And I got to the point and in order to relieve some of this, I was homeschooling my children, which was something I, at that time was a huge part of um, a desire for me, and my husband, around the goals we had with our children. We wanted to homeschool them for um, the, their elementary years. And 
I decided we're going to enroll them in school because I need to create some margin. I can't do both well anymore. Let's put them in school. We'll just do it for a year. Let me catch my breath and I'll bring them back um, at the end of the school year. So I enrolled my son into third grade, my daughter into kindergarten, and they went off to school. And instead of creating margin, I actually just filled more, I filled my time up with more things. Okay. So I did not rest. I did not slow down. I just was like, well, shoot, I got more. I don't have the homeschooling thing anymore. I'm going to do more work. And at the end of the school year, I was sitting at the kitchen table and my children, you know, this is actually the summer. I was re-upping for the next school year. I had my laptop up and I was downloading the registration paperwork for the next school year. And I was sitting there looking at them and looking at that paperwork. And I'm like, how in the world did we get here? Now I'm just, I'm signing them up for another year. This was not the plan. This was not the goal, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine adding homeschooling back. I just, I can't, but I just felt like I was moving away from the priority, which was my children in the goals I have for my children. And I was replacing it with work and overfunction, basically. And I decided at the table that I wasn't going to send them back. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I'm like, they're not going back. I'm going to stay with the goals that we had. I'm going to prioritize those. I'm going to homeschool them. And I don't know what that means for my work. And sure enough, about four to six months after that, we closed the doors of the organization. I just, I told my board of directors, I couldn't do it anymore. I was at that point, absolutely and utterly burned out. I, I mean, just absolutely over-functioning uh, functioning every single day. And we closed the doors and I became a 100% homeschool mother. Did that for about three years. And in that three years was where I was recovering. Now, I didn't know that I was recovering, you guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that's what was happening. I just knew I wasn't doing the work stuff anymore. But while I was not working, I was spending more time with God. I was connecting more with my family. I was incorporating more um, activities that took care of my physical well-being. I lost about 30 pounds um, just taking care of myself physically. I started sleeping better through the night. Um, All of this was happening while I was not working in just homeschooling. And around the end of that third year of taking that break or hiatus, I, I, it wasn't really a hiatus. I didn't say I'm going to put this down and pick it back up. Eventually I just put it down. I had no, no expectations of picking it back up, but around three years after that, I just felt like God was nudging me back into entrepreneurship. And, um, my prayer to him was, if this is something that you want, or you're asking of me, because that's what it felt like. I felt like he was calling me back into it. If this is something that you are asking of me, I just, I'm just asking you to help me not sacrifice all this hard work I've done to care for myself. And please help me teach other moms how to do it as well. Because you obviously are not um, bothered by us trying to parent and work at the same time. There are things you are calling us to do while we're parenting, while we're mothering. There are things that you are calling us into that are more than motherhood. And if that's the case, then you you are obviously going to equip us with what we need to be able to show up in our families the way we desire to, the way that you desire for us to show up and show up for the work that you've put in our heart. 
in order to do that, we've got to get better at making room and giving ourselves permission to rest. So that's basically my story. Dang, Deanna. I never heard your story told that way. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I think, the, I mean, the part that you said, the thing that stuck out to me was that, that you said, and I think is so important is that like, specifically for mothers is like, oftentimes we're stuck in this place and you're like hitting me like in the feels with like the homeschooling stuff, especially mm-hmm. with 2020 is like, okay, so how am I supposed to do all of this? How yeah. am I supposed to educate my children? Right. Cause that's a skill in itself. I don't care what anybody says. Like knowing how to teach your children mm-hmm. <laughs> is a skill set. Um, that's why teachers go to school and get degrees in how to teach. Right? Mm-hmm how am I supposed to do that? Right. Like, and how am I supposed to be a human being? And how am I supposed to be also a wife? And how am I supposed to run yeah. a business? And how am I supposed to have a career? And the thing that you said that I've never heard, I've never heard it. So like directly from you this way is like, clearly you're, there's some kind of a poll here that says I can do all of this, Yeah. but how, right? Like, so how that's the thing that I've like, I never heard you say it like, mm-hmm. and I think that's so powerful because I think we get stuck in thinking like, well, I have to choose and I have to, I have to sacrifice something is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're an entrepreneur, especially like yourself and myself, like our businesses feel like an extension of yeah. our life. Right. And so it's like, okay, obviously my children and my family are my life. Right. And also this work that I do is also my life. And so I think a lot of times when we do get burnt out, I think we feel like we're, we're having to choose mm-hmm. and, neither, and neither choice feels right or fair and you can have both. Okay. Yeah. Dang. You just rocked my world with that. <laughs> okay. So the, I like, also I resonate with your story a lot too. Cause I got super burnt out from teaching. Mm. I was like, I got to quit. I quit. It was very dramatic. but but burnout makes you pretty dramatic yeah you hit the wall you get to the point where there is no more to give that that is um that is coming for you Mm -hmm. even if you have lived in a state of burnout for a period of time there is an end of the road there is okay and that's the thing I'm wanting to get to people before they get to the end of the road but if you are at the end of the road I also want to help you yeah. recover. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how you recover. So how do you actually, how do you actually recover? Mm-hmm. What's the key and what's the difference between what you talk about? Cause I know you talk about spiritual rest, which I think is the key to merging these, mm-hmm. all of these pieces of our life with mm-hmm. taking a break. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you recover? I'm not going to say that there's like a, a path, like a step-by-step path to recover, but I am going to talk about resting because I do believe recovery is directly is def- de- directly correlated to your ability to allow yourself and give yourself permission to rest, all right? And so I'm gonna talk specifically about resting right now. And resting is not, or I should say more than sleep. And that's where some of us are missing it because we're equating our need to rest to our need of sleep. And um, even if you are struggling with the symptom of insomnia right now, if you learning how to rest well will, impact how well you sleep at night. And there's other areas of rest that need to be nourished in order to impact your physical 
sleep. Okay, so let's just talk about these a little a little bit. Um, there are seven ways. I didn't come up with these. This is science. This ain't me. All right. You can just Google seven ways of rest. You don't need me to teach you. It is on the web. All right. But there are seven ways to rest. And I'm just going to tell you all seven and then we can, um, I'll circle back to spiritual rest. Okay. But the first one is the one we are most familiar with, which is physical rest. All right. So physical rest can be broken down into passive and active. So the passive one is the one that we think we need. We just need more sleep. I'm not sleeping through the night. I need to sleep better through the night. We do all these things to help us sleep better at night. And many times we're not even hitting at the type of rest we actually need. That's going to impact our ability to sleep through the night. But that passive rest is passive because eventually if you don't sleep enough, your body is going to crash and it's going to get the sleep it needs. Now let's just hope it's not while you're behind the wheel of a car but your body is going to eventually say, I need it. I'm going to get it right. Um, this happened to me a couple weeks ago. I had just finished um, creating some course materials. And at the end of like that two month stint of, of creating in my business, in the form of courses, um, that, ne- that very day when I recorded my last course, I had a coaching session right after that. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap. I just need like a 30 minute nap at lunchtime. And I went to go lay down and I I slept for hours. The intent was like 30 minutes. And when I woke up, it was like one of those wake ups where you're like, what day is it? What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I? It was like one of those things. It was like this deep, deep REM sleep, right? It was so good. But that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was just trying to take my normal like 20 minute, 30 minute nap. But my body said, ah, 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 that's what you think you're going to do. But we're going to, I'm about to get what you need. And once you close your eyes, I'm kicking in <laughs> and you're going to sleep. Passive rest is coming for you, whether or not you um, plan for it or not. All right. Um, another form of physical rest is active. And that's when we're actually putting in things that that um, release stress physically um, for our bodies. And this could be stretching and yoga and things of that nature. It can even be sex. That's a physical activity that allows the body to release stress, right? But giving your body opportunities to release stress through the stretching activities and then even some forms of exercise, not necessarily the strenuous things, but things that just um, when you finish, you can actually feel that your body has refreshed itself. Those are the types of things that are in active rest in the physical rest category. Okay. Then we have um, creative rest. Now creative rest is, I put working in my business, depending on how I'm working in my business as creative rest. Creative rest is the opportunity for us to create, whether it's with our hands or however we show up creatively, giving yourself permission to do that. That's where creative rest is. So that's why when you say, I feel like working in my business is actually um, a refreshing thing is because it is, it's refreshing you in a part of rest. Like, and if you don't have it, you will feel it. If I don't get the opportunity to steal a couple of hours away to work on my business, I'm going to feel it. Right. But when I do give myself that time to do it, I am refreshed. Right. I feel at peace. That's because it's you're resting. It's a kind of rest and it falls into the category of creative mental rest. Um, I'm going to read this because um, sometimes we get a little confused on the mental rest um, scenario and emotional rest. And I want to talk about those together, but mental rest involves relinquishing the constant stream of thoughts, entering your mind quickly and obtaining a sense of cerebral stillness. Okay. So think about things like meditation, right? Think about things like taking a walk without earbuds in. 
right? Just think about things that that allow your mind to um, relinquish the the to-do list and all the things that you have are trying to accomplish in a day, whatever you can insert to separate from that in order to receive um, a break, that is considered mental rest. So um, prayer is mental rest, meditation, those types of things, creating these little mental sanctuaries for yourself. Me sitting on my porch, drinking my spindrift, that's a form of mental rest, right? Okay. And then let's talk about emotional rest. I'm trying to go through these quick Um, This is the experience when you no longer feel the need to perform or meet external expectations. All right. It's the cessation of emotional striving. And many times when I talk about this in in the entrepreneurship space, it's like, okay, relinquishing the how many people downloaded my thing, how many people click liked, how many people made a comment, how many people fill in the blank, right? relinquishing that completely is a form of emotional rest but anything that you have placed in your life as a performance metric releasing that helps you rest emotionally all right social rest is when we can connect and find our relationships uh, or find refreshment in social interactions okay which is probably if you were take a rest needs quiz right now which i will invite you to do when we end this i forgot to talk to talk to them about this but I don't even know how to tell you where to take it. But anyway, because <laughs> I don't have a link to it. I'll get it. Oh, I know where it is. I know where it is. But anyway, okay, yeah. If I can give it to you, they can take it. But um, because of COVID in the pandemic, many of us may probably have deficits with social rest. Even if you're introverted, many, many introverts feel like, well, I don't need it. You do, because you've been designed and created for community. You've been designed to receive rest through connection with people now that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be in group of people but maybe that's a one-on-one coffee situation or a date with your spouse or partner or with some time outdoors with your children that social interaction does feed into um, your ability to rest okay sensory rest is when we limit sensory input in order to decrease stimulation so this is like taking um, breaks from screens taking breaks from social media you know um, getting rid of toys that light up and make noise in your home. <laughs> yes. Getting rid of clutter. Yeah. That's even decluttering your spaces yeah, is a form of rest. It's a form of sensory deprivation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which um, feeds into your ability to rest in your, in your senses. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is, that is so true. This, that is what you're helping them do. You're helping them on a couple of these rest levels, but definitely with the sensory. And then I talked about creative rest, um, the rest that one finds when one allows themselves to be immersed in creative beauty. Mm-hmm. That's creative rest. Now, the last one I'm going to end with is the one I love to focus on the most is spiritual rest because I... Um, use spiritual rest as the foundation of every single thing that I do is creating wholeness in your body, mind, and spirit. When we find places and activities to find relief from daily struggles and immunity from outside attack, this is where we lay down our fight and rest. And I do that through my faith. I experience spiritual rest in my connections with God and in my prayer and in my Bible study and in my journaling, in my meditation, that's where I find spiritual rest. All right. Those are the seven ways of rest. I'm done. I'm done. We're done here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I would drop my mic, but it's a headset. 
<laughs> okay, so I love all of that. And so can you tell us like just, just practical ways that you incorporate spiritual rest into your days? Because I think that's one of the biggest things for people is like it feel, almost feels like just like another thing to do, which defeats the whole point, by the way. Mm-hmm. But how do you like seamlessly integrate this into your life? in a way that's life-giving rather to do. Yeah. I think for me, especially as a mother, my children are older, but I can, I think back to when they were younger and the struggle that I had, because I had a preconceived notion of what it needed to look like. That was part of the problem. I need to connect with God by spending like 30 minutes in the quiet chair away from everybody in order for me to be able to focus on my Bible scripture or whatever that is. And the funny thing about kids when they're young, they don't really care that you had a plan to sit in your little chair for 30 minutes with your Bible open. They don't, they, they just don't. And if, if they were anything like my kids, the minute they heard my foot hit the hallway, that was their alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, mom's up, we're out. And they would just pop out of the room. And it was like, I can't even go pee. This is when I didn't have a master ba- bathroom. I would never, ever live a life without a master bathroom again. But I had little kids and no master bathroom. So in the early morning, when I had to pee, I would try to hold it so bad because I knew my kids are going to hear this floorboard crack at 5 a.m. And they're going to pop up. Then your rest is gone for the day. And it's <laughs> over because they are out. There's no going back. There's no get back in the bed. It's not, not at two and four years old. Yeah. So anyway, I forgot the, oh, spiritual rest. So relinquishing what you think it needs to look like is one of the things that I, I like to help moms to do. Okay, let's just recreate what this is. One of the ways that I used to fit prayer in, because when I was, before I had kids, I would have a very intimate time of prayer in the morning. It was something I enjoyed that all went away with kids and my shower time became my prayer time. And I would literally like, I would take um, the um, page protectors mm-hmm. and I would insert my prayers. Like I would tape them around the tiles in my bathroom and like tape them to the bathroom tile wall in the shower. And while I was in the shower, I would just read those scriptures and read, read those prayers. And I begged my husband, I said, when you're home and I'm in the shower, I need you to do everything you need to do to keep these kids out of this bathroom. Cause I need 15 minutes. I just need 15 freaking minutes. Can you, I, can we, I just need five. <laughs> 15 is better. I mean, I know it's the only toilet, gonna be fine. but one of, one of the two is in diapers. So between you and the four-year-old, can y'all figure this out for 15 minutes, right? And so um, being creative on how to insert the time and getting really okay with five minutes here, 10 minutes there. That's that's what it looks like for most of us in a season of parenting young children and just saying goodbye to the need to have these deep dives of study every single day and then maybe finding containers where you insert the deep dives okay so one of the things i do is i i practice i observe um sabbath on saturdays and so that's the day that i decide i'm not doing anything i'm not putting anything on my calendar i'm only going to put something on my calendar if it's something that i want to include as a part of my sabbath rest which could be like meeting somebody for coffee or taking the kids out somewhere or whatever but it's a day that I'm like, I'm not committed anywhere to anybody. And those could be containers where 
this is, I move slower. I'm not doing chores. I'm not doing any of those other things that take my time. And maybe in those containers, I can spend longer times journaling. I could spend longer times praying. I could spend longer times reading my Bible. And so if you create those opportunities, then you know, they're there, you know, when you're going to grab them, but in between those getting really, really good and really, really okay with the five minute, 10 minute time slots when they present themselves. Yeah. And I'll just let you guys know too, cause I have, we have five kids, right. And we have three older kids who are self-sufficient, like in the season of life where Dan is at, and then we have the two little ones. And one of the things that, that I didn't learn with my first three kids that I know now with these two is to adjust my expectations, even around those five to 10 minute pockets that I do get, because and I've shared this with you guys because I started Motherhood Simplified when I had the toddler. She was about six months old. And telling you guys, like I, like a non-negotiable for me is a shower. <laughs> and that means that the baby and the toddler is often with me because my husband works outside of the home and that's what I have to do. But my shower, same as you, was like my time to like get my thoughts together, like do my connecting with my God and and my spiritual connection time Mm -hmm. and it wasn't perfect like there are I think there are seasons of your life where you're more at risk of burnout and I think a lot of times we we make ourselves even more at risk in an at-risk season by having unrealistic expectations of what it needs to look like because some days it was literally me in the shower with the baby at the in the bumbo at the bottom of the shower yeah two babies in a bumbo sometimes right because they're two and one or one in three now and um just being like it is what it is right now right Mm -hmm. when people are like oh just meditate every day or just pray every day like they have we have this unrealistic expectation I think of like that means it needs to be silence like you said sitting in my chair alone 100% focused you it's fine to tune your kids out for a minute and just be in your zone Mm -hmm. ground yourself center yourself reconnect plug back into that source for you Mm-hmm. And come back to your kids. When yeah. They're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. They are going to be all up on your leg. They're going to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. I just, yeah. Okay. So I have a question too. Just like, do you ever look back on your life with your small kids and be like, well, duh, I was burnt out. <laughs> like that was a lot. Yeah. I don't even understand what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't even, it, I mean, I'm going to chalk it up to, um, inexperience and lack of knowledge because that's really what, you know, parenting is all on the job training. We don't know what the heck we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a 15 year old and I have a 13 year old right now. I've never raised a 15 year old boy before. I've never raised a 13 year old girl before. (laughs) It's always due. Um, so, you know, now I can speak back to their younger years and kind of give people some little nuggets here and there on what I think, you know, let me, let me save you from what I went through type of things. I can do some of that, but we don't know what we don't know when we're going through it. And so I think the biggest mistake is just not honoring the season, just not honoring the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, our American culture doesn't celebrate and integrate the mothering season well, whether you're a career woman, an entrepreneur, stay-at-home mom, there's no celebration for the stay-at-home mom. There is none, all right? And then when you do what 
decide to be career oriented while your children are young. The expectation has been, I mean, things are starting to chip away and change now slowly, but the expectation has always been for you to leave that part of your life out of the office. You were, you were expected to produce the same way your male counterparts did not saying that you produce less, but you were expected to produce in the same way that doesn't work for childbearing women, women that are having kids and raising kids. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work well. And for me, as I'm looking back, you know, I just wish I had the wherewithal to create that permit, those permissions for myself that it, I don't have to overextend myself to keep up or to reach goals. I don't have to do that. And that just wasn't, that was foreign. That was, that was absolutely foreign. And, um, you know, if men can keep going, you know, men don't take maternity leave. I mean, there's paternity, there's a such thing as paternity leave, but in America, men are not taking, you know, 18 weeks, weeks off to be with their kids. They're continuing to go make money and, um, grow their careers while women are out, you know, they're, and we're, we are the ones that pay for that, but we're the, we're the ones that biologically have to push these babies out, you know, that I'm hoping that we're living in a world right now where we're closing those inequities and celebrating, um, the woman as a mother in all of her spaces. That is my heart and desire, but it's also why I love helping women, around entrepreneurship because it gives you, it empowers you to create the reality that you're actually wanting to live. Um, so anyway, that's, that was a little soapbox. No, I love that soapbox. And that's why I love the work that you do. And I specifically like what, like I said, going back to what you said at the beginning of the episode is like, we feel called to do all of these things. And for so long we've, I think a lot of us have like internalized it as something being wrong with us, something. Yeah. There's something wrong with me as a mom because I want to go do this, or there's something wrong with me as a business owner because I still want to be with my kids. And like, just like Deanna and I were in a group together, and we I talked about this last week with Deanna, just since Deanna, Deanna got in her soapbox, I'm gonna get on mine too. Of like, I have I have to make a choice right now between like my work and my kids. And the reason that I started this is so that I didn't feel like I had to make those choices. So it gave yeah. clarity on what I needed to do, right? I, I think that we can have it all. <clears throat> and just like Deanna said, it's like, okay, so we're not all of us, but a lot of us are feeling called to do more. Mm-hmm. And we know how to do that. And Deanna has that missing piece to like bring it all together. Yeah. And like Deanna said, like, like I can look back on, on how I was doing things with my first three kids and just for anyone who's listening and needs this kind of support and is going to go find Deanna after this, if you're <laughs> a mom or, you know, an entrepreneur mom, like I look back on things I did with my first three kids that dads and men just don't understand, like going to work and being like, I have to pump for my baby. And then saying, you can go in the art closet and pump in the art closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my closet. I'm like, okay, well, it's tiny and there's no plug and people walk in there all of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to be a mom. The reason I'm sharing that with you is because trying to be a mom and trying to do life is hard. Yeah. We've been set up in a lot of ways to 
fail and then internalize that to make it mean something about us. And then of course we're burnt out. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're feeling this, if you experience this, go find Deanna, (laughs) go find her. Okay. So on that note, like, let's talk about the things that you have, because you have um, a group specifically, your your group. And then I really want to talk about the third thing. Let's go. We can do it. (laughs) Okay. So Deanna has her podcast, The Refreshed Moms. You can find her podcast. It's amazing. You will love it. She has a new group. Can you tell us about the new group? Mm-hmm. So my favorite form of rest, which I think is the foundation of all that I do, not just the seven ways of rest is spiritual rest. And so I am um, a Christian. So my that is where my faith is. And I love incorporating my Christian faith um, as part of my rest rituals. And so I wanted to create a, a space where we can just focus on spiritual rest in that regard, that one of the number one things that women tell me, because I have these little questions in my old Facebook community of where are you needing support right now? And the number one that thing that people were saying was I, 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 I want support around creating consistent rest habits, which was surprising to me because I'm thinking they're going to tell me about their business things that they're needing support with. And I'm like, well, Let's just create a space where we're, we don't have to worry about the noise of business building and we can just focus on um, short burst of insertments. <laughs> I made that word up, insertments of spiritual rest. And so I created a group um, called Spiritual Rest with Refresh Moms. It officially launches and I'll start um, actually you know, supporting that group fully on April 5th, but it is open now for you to find. So if you just look for Spiritual Rest um, with Refresh Moms on Facebook, You'll find me or deannamason.com forward slash face uh, refresh moms group. That's what it is. deannamason.com forward slash refresh moms group. It will redirect you to that Facebook space. So that is just a new space that I just opened up in April 5th. I will be closing my old group and focusing all of my efforts into that one. So that's one thing. Did you ask me about something else? Yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. Okay. So one of the things that I love that you distinguish here is like a lot of times moms are just told generically, take a break, go practice self-care rest. Right. And you're like, okay, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I think moms think a form of rest or a form of like self-care is like taking a trip alone and like getting out of like staying in a hotel room alone or going on a, a vacation alone or going on like, and that's great. And that's fine. And that's, that, that can be a wonderful life-giving experience. However, for a lot of moms, like myself specifically, I have five kids, right? There's single moms, you know, moms with small babies, moms with toddlers, moms with not a lot of like uh, disposable income to just, you know, $5,000 to go on a trip, like mm-hmm. just not reasonable. And you have this thing where you facilitate, right? Like a, a getaway basically where moms can engage in the, what do you call it? It's like a kind of like a retreat. Yeah, I call it um, mini sabbaticals, mini sabbaticals, because a sabbatical traditionally is about 30 days or more, uh, which, you know, unless you're like writing a book or on maternity leave, most of us are not taking 30 day sabbaticals for anything. Um, Even though I would love for you to be able to do that and still generate revenue for your business if you're an entrepreneur, but that's a whole nother podcast episode and a whole nother conversation. Um, But many sabbaticals are within reach for most of us. And so 
what I wanted to do and what I would love for all my time to be spent doing is creating opportunities for many sabbaticals for women leaders. However you're leading, whether it's as an entrepreneur, if you're a leader at your um, place of employment or you're a ministry leader, I have a heart for um, women pastors and women that are giving in that way in their um, um, church spaces. But if you're leading and pouring out as a leader in any way, um, I know that you need opportunities to rest apart from your family, apart from your house, and apart from your children. And so I've been noodling around this idea of creating spiritual retreats or spiritual sabbaticals that are like three nights long. Okay. And so what they are is you choose where you want to sabbatical, whether it's around the corner at the Holiday Inn. Do our Holiday Inn's even still a thing? I don't even know, but around the corner at a hotel um, or Airbnb. <laughs> Um, or you can, you know, go to Cancun. I really don't, it doesn't really matter. Whatever, whatever you decide is your sabbatical, um, place of getaway, just you, I want you to spend your money on that. And I want to be able to offer opportunities for being poured into at a lower price point in order for you to actually get refreshed spiritually, as well as other areas. We'd like to pour into other areas of your rest as well. Um, through packaging your retreat experience virtually. Okay. And so we're just trying to figure out if we can take away the cost, because I have paid thousands of dollars to go retreat at places um, within programs that I already paid thousands of dollars to be a part of. Right. (laughs) So that makes it really hard and very, you know, especially if you, you only have a budget of three or $4,000 a year to go towards a family vacation. And you're like, I'm about to spend more than half of that just taking me to this retreat, right? That's not, for many of us, it's very, makes things very inaccessible. So I want you to be able to honor your financial situation, your budget. Um, I want you to get away from your kids and your family, leave the house, please. If I think that that's necessary for you to find out where you need to get away, spend your money, making that whatever you desire it to be. And then I will provide the, um, the sessions in the the virtual experience that allows you to sit and sip or eat and just be poured into while you are on sabbatical. So that is a, has been a dream of mine. Well, I'm actually having the first one um, in October. We're in the planning stages of that right now, but just making opportunities for many sabbaticals for women and they don't have to um, come to work. They don't have to work on their business. They don't have to work on anything. They can just be refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. You can just be supported and Mm -hmm. you can do it in a way that's accessible to you, which is just, I think so important for moms. Like that's another thing that I think it comes back to is like a lot of times retreats are modeled after not a mother or woman life, right? It's Mm -hmm. modeled after the expectation that just get up and go. Right? Yeah. I mean, because think about it. If you got, if you had a thousand dollars to play with, to take three days away and you know, you need to put childcare in place, right? I'd much rather you have the money available to pay for the childcare and just go spend a couple hundred dollars at a, um, you know, a hotels.com situation you found for $47 a night, right? I'd much rather you choose how you set yourself up to be able to get away than feeling like I'm going to max out my budget just on the plane ticket. Right. And, and 
And oftentimes, like just even like coordinating your life when you're gone is that's a whole nother thing. It's an additional form of stress. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I get the kids to school. Who's going to get the food? Who's going to do the dogs? Like who's going to do all this stuff? Like <laughs> exactly. When you're gone, that's like what you're thinking about. That's what you're thinking like, about. Phone calls of like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that yeah, that's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother <laughs> thing. Okay, so everyone. Like if you are feeling any form of like burnout, any of the things that she talked about, go find her podcast, go find her new group and maybe come hang with us in October in our separate locations. <laughs> I love that too. So low pressure, like just do, do it. Just, just go where you're, and we're playing around with that. I hate to, I don't even want to talk about it because it's still in the um, formation stage, but I've been, I'm polling my people on what types of things would they like to enjoy. So like different workshops right now, one of the things that's in the front running is a cookie decorating class. Um, another one that's in the front running is creating I say this wrong every time I try to say it, charcuterie boards, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, yoga's in the top running. It's like, what types of things would you like to participate in um, virtually? And so people are telling me. And so now the question is, all right, so if we're going to do a cookie decorating class, how do we get them the supplies? I don't want them to have to shop. I don't want them to have to go and get a whole list of things in order to participate in a virtual workshop or train, you know, or um, whatever. Yeah. So now I'm trying to figure out how do I put a sabbatical in a box? What is a sabbatical in a box? <laughs> so that is like a current prayer and a current uh, research thing is like, if, if I can put every piece of their experience in a box, who can curate that for me and how do I get it to them? So that's current. So those of you all that pray, be praying for that wisdom, because I love for you to be like, I'm going to sign up to do the cookie decorating. I'm going to sign up to do the flower the flower, um, make, you know, create a um, floral arrangement or whatever thing, you know, a process art class. That's also something that people say they would like to do. I want to do that, but I don't want you to have to go find the pens and pencils and the, you know, the, I don't want you to have to find those things. I just want them in a box that gets delivered to you and you just take your box to your Airbnb. That's what I want. So that's, that's coming. I'm, if anybody has wisdom on how to do it, just hit me up, but that's what we're currently noodling around right now. That's what I was going to say too. And on that note, go find Deanna. And if you're excited about this idea of what she's offering moms like you, Deanna, um, she's very open in like getting feedback from her community. And so definitely go find her and watch for the questions that she's asking, connect with her, let her know your thoughts, ideas, connections, if you have them to a national cookie. <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, thank you so much, Deanna. Um, Real quick, what's the site? What's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, the two places: Refresh Moms um, podcast. You can find me wherever you enjoy podcasts, or and I would love for you to um, join the Spiritual Rest for Refresh Moms Facebook group. That's actually a space I'm really looking forward to plugging into. And as always, my website DeannaMason.com. You can you can grab me and my world there too. Okay, DeannaMason.com, and I'll put this all into the show notes which podcast is getting upgraded. So there will be great show notes in the future. (laughs) It will all be there for you. All right. Thanks so much, Deanna. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. 
you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.